Hello and welcome to Opening the Gates to More Listings for Estate Agents with me, Simon Gates. I'm delighted to be joined today by Megan18. Megan, thank you very much for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. No, it's an absolute pleasure. And we, um, of course, met for the first time in person on Friday, uh, so a few days ago now. And we said when we initially, you were kind of one of the first people I saw when I, when I walked into the office, kind of like felt like we knew each other. And I've said that a lot on this podcast, but it did, didn't it? It did. It was like, like we had that moment of, should we hug? Should we yeah. hold hands? Should we <laughs> high five? What should we do? And and what was weird as well, actually, uh, going forward on it was we weren't actually connected on LinkedIn, but seemed quite strange. Yeah, I was so surprised when you pulled your LinkedIn app account. I was like, what? Yeah, but, but do you not think that, like, it, I think when I was sort of getting ready to, to jump on this podcast with you, I was actually listening to another podcast yesterday when I was walking my dogs and it talked about like second connections. So it goes to show, even though we were not connected directly, clearly there were lots of mutual connections that you'd expect in, in the industry, but we're still seeing each other's stuff and getting to know one another, even if you're not directly connected. It's the power of social media. The power of social media. So with that in mind, you hmm. you seem to be everywhere uh, on, on social media in in a good way. So for those listening, is there a top tip you'd give in terms of leveraging social media to to grow the the brand? I think it depends on what kind of social media you want to do. If you want to build a personal brand, whilst even like mine was really kind of done by accident, but I think basically I said yes to pretty much everything. And, you know, so I went on podcasts that were really big and I went on podcasts that were really small um, and I sort of, I, I kind of took the opinion and I still now is that there isn't really any content out there that's more important than anybody else's. And, yeah. and whether it's an established one like this or like Chris Watkins and like that, you know, that's no different to somebody that's just starting out. So, um, so I would say if you're looking at building a personal brand, just say yes. Yeah. It's really, really interesting that you said that because it got me thinking straight away of the things I've said yes to. And of course, you've got to say no to some things, because if you say no, if you say yes to everything, then you're perhaps missing other opportunities. But um, I said yes to going for a coffee with um, with someone in the industry uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, and it resulted in 12 referrals for, for me. Yeah. And, and you sometimes think, oh, do I have time to network with other <laughs> agents or other people? But actually, some of the people that I've met through building a network have been it sounds awful, doesn't it? Very profitable. But I don't, you know, whether that be, you know, through referrals or even discounts and things like that. But but it's about it's, it's that phrase, isn't it? It's not what you know, but who you know. Yeah. And I, and I think actually to, to go one step further on that as well, and what you said of who knows you as well. Yes. Um, because I, I think like me getting uh, work experience in the state agency in 2007, it was, uh, yeah, who I knew um but and then actually maybe i don't know getting a role at home search three and a half years ago whatever it was was someone knowing me uh because yeah. you know originally sam hunter had contacted me because he was like mate you're using this system a lot we can see how you're working like what the hell uh and then that relationship grew so it wasn't through me knowing sam it was sam knowing me through the hard work i was doing so yeah it's really interesting um in what you say then you use the language happy accident um do you subscribe by any chance to, or did we discuss this the other day, there's an email newsletter called Happy Accident or Happy Accidents? No, I don't. Tell me about it. I'd recommend you subscribe to it and anyone listening should as well. 
Um, and it's literally, uh, I think an email once a week that I get, and it just talks about happy accidents. So how some of the best things in the world, like business-wise, have been like pure accident. Um, oh, okay. And I'm trying to think of a really good one off the top of my head, but the only one that I can think of is Elton John. So Elton John being an amazing musician, and then another gentleman who has wrote a lot of his songs. Mm. And they both um, wrote to a newspaper um advert at the same time never met each other didn't know each other they both wrote into the same news uh, newspaper just so happened elton john was a musician the other guy was a writer or something and they've had so many hit singles together i think i remember that in the film so i've never so i've never seen the film and i want to right okay so yeah it's such a good film but yeah they get brought into a room together and, and i think one of them writes the like does the actual music and yeah. one of them has the lyrics and basically like they were sending vi- like songs just just music and then Elton was writing songs over the top of it yeah so it's it's, it's that sort of thing and there's there's numerous different ones some really random ones and yeah they're really good so I'd recommend you you take a look at that yeah I will you said happy accidents so just on the theme of happy accidents you you've had some pretty uh pretty good traction to say the least on like TikTok so I know we like briefly discussed this on, on Friday, but for the people listening, can you say like how that started and, and how it's blossomed and, and how you've got the traction that you get? Yeah, so that again was a happy accident. So I sat on a social media course for Property Mark when I became um, an exec and we talked about LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. And Rachel, the lady that was running the course said, oh, you know, the next big platform is really TikTok, but there's no agents using it and and I was like well why aren't they using it and she was like people just don't get it and like I think it's too early I thought you know what I could do that you know I could give it a go and and the company I worked for at the time I didn't think they would go for like the whole property tours that you get now yeah Um, so I thought you know what I'm gonna do um I think it was like top five things we're looking for when we come to value your property and and I recorded it I think I said to you on Friday I recorded it so many times Mm -hmm. And I sent it to my brother and I was like, what do you think of this? And he's like, you sound too posh. You sound like an estate agent. Now you sound like a chav. And like, I went through loads of different ways and it did really well, but then it started to get questions on the back of it. Why do you check this? Why do you check that? What's this about? And then somebody put a question about pets and I answered this question about pets and said top three reasons that a landlord should accept a pet and it absolutely rocketed like it was obscene like it was something like I think I I can't remember I don't know how many it's at now but it went from like zero to 30,000 in hours um and I was like oh okay TikTok really likes pets um and so I basically followed the same pattern so I answered all the questions that came through in a video and then every so often I would put like a new video up so I would put but I'm, I'm like, it's really what we do for a job. And yeah. this is what I say to people and go, I don't know what to, to say. And I say, well, if I had a landlord stood in front of me, what do you think they're going to ask me? Are they going to ask me about tax? Yeah. Are they going to ask me about electrics? What are they going to ask me? And whatever you think that is, answer it. And just that's your first video. And then just answer and then respond to the questions. Um, and it just sort of built quite organically from there, really. And now we have a bit like a little bit of like, like humor in there as well. Yeah. Um, because there's only so many times you can talk about pets. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and it's just built really, really naturally, really organically. It built really quickly. Um, and I had like 10,000 in the, within the first year of people following. And then I sort of took a bit of a step back in the last eight or nine months. And I don't post quite so regularly now. And that's mainly because I, I sort of feel like I've kind of done, a, done it to a level. And I don't feel that same pressure now to keep it constantly building um yeah and it's fun to see that now that that, that gate has been open oh, like, i just plugged you there open the <laughs> gate. i opened the gates on tiktok to like a nice little sea of agents now wanting to do it so um it's got a very, very special place in my heart tiktok for it um but i don't feel that same pressure to do it now which means i can do it when i want to do it yeah that's yeah it's really interesting because it's kind of like that i don't know domino effect if you start and you're having to be like like relentless on it to to get it building up and then you get to that level where it's like great I can now just be you know growing it still but not at the rate I was doing because you've kind of built the audience and you've got the that uh, reputation and 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 sort of awareness um that resonated with me a lot because I don't post let's say I don't know as much value add or educational content as perhaps I did in the past or post as many videos um, I haven't posted a video in ages, but it feels like I've perhaps, I still want it to grow, but it doesn't need to be at the same rate it was a year, two years ago. So that, that made a lot of sense to me when you said that. And like, when I started my TikTok, nobody knew who I was. And so how long ago was that, Megan? When? Um, so it must be, it must be coming up to two years now. Um, yeah. But literally nobody knew who I was, like literally nobody. And I sat and I did, I got put forward to do an interview with Kerfuffle because Amy Shields thought, oh, she, I used to work with her. Um, and she said, right. oh, you should speak to Megan. She's, you know, she's sort of up and coming. And so I sat on this, this interview with David and he said to me, he went, you know, have you seen TikTok? Because agents don't really do it. And I was like, I set up, I set one up last week. And, and that was literally the, the, the moment that went, went and, it, yeah. and it just from there. And so it was almost a momentum that I was riding. Whereas now that TikTok momentum's kind of, people talk to me about TikTok a lot now. Yeah. So now it's like, now people kind of think, okay, she knows what she's talking about. Yeah. And what would you say to anyone who perhaps is listening to this and is nervous about perhaps going and posting that video because they're nervous about the way they look or the way they're going to come across? You mentioned about talking to your brother about when you recorded. Like what, what advice would you give to agents who are, who are nervous about him? hit and record or publish I don't think there's anybody that doesn't have that same fear yeah it's just how you handle that fear and you have two choices you can do nothing but then you're not going to grow or you can give it a go and the worst that's going to happen is you get a little comment on TikTok saying oh I don't like your outfit or you know your hair <laughs> looks rubbish but I'll be honest I've never had that like I get I get a lot of like creepy comments but I don't tend to get a lot of really nasty stuff yeah. I've had a couple I've had like I did this one post I won't tell you exactly what they said because it's not very nice but I did a post about the gender pay gap and wow it really let down the male side of the population on TikTok um right. and and actually that's the only time I've ever taken a video down because I was like you know what this is a lot um and, and but... actually that point you've said there sorry to cut across Megan but you whilst that's not acceptable that people have said whatever they've said unfortunately no matter what it's going to happen but you've just said it, you took the video down mm, like you did. can't take it down 
you can you can take it down it can disappear as long as you're not being offensive and you're not being rude what why would there be a problem the worst that's going to happen is it flops and i'm telling you i've had so many flops on tiktok like people worry about it flopping it flops all the time and like i've come to location location they've got all excited about tiktok and i'm suddenly like oh my god i've got i've got to do this and what if it flops for them um, and actually you'd be really surprised. Like we had some really, we've had some really good success already with some of the videos we've put out, which says to me that content still needs to be made on TikTok. Yeah, I think on what you're saying there, when I uh, came to the office the other day, uh, when I immediately saw Anna at the back of the office and I was like, recognize you from, from socials. And I can't remember what house it was. Uh, and I'm hoping you're going to help me out here. But I think there was like a, was there like a, it's, how do I even describe it? Uh, is it like a reading window or something? Do you oh, know yeah. And she's, yeah, she's got a picture of her on her LinkedIn. Yeah. In the reading window. It's beautiful. Yeah. I remember seeing that video and couldn't help but watch the video because like, I like reading and it's like, there's a cool window. Um, but again, an example of feeling like you know people. Mm, but you know what? It's so funny because I looked at the comments on our TikTok account last week because I've been responding back to them in the same way I did with my account. And someone literally commented, well, why did you make a video about a window? Where's the rest of the house? And you think well, you literally can't win, can you? No, no, you, you can't. You can't win. Like you said, there's always going to be naysayers out there. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I think, again, we, I think we spoke about this on Friday, but if, if people are commenting on it like that, they're just going to boost the algorithm. Bring on the comments, boost yeah. traction. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, you've mentioned um, location, location. So you joined a few months ago now, is it? Yeah. So actually, it was two months this week. Two months. So happy two month anniversary. Um, we again briefly spoke about this on Friday, but talk to me about the. I don't know how how enough you've. Are you managing, like you know, the commute, family life, your own personal well-being, work? Like, how are you? How are you getting through it all? How are you managing? What advice would you give to yourself or to others listening? I think that everybody has to find. I I kind of feel like everybody has to go through a journey to work out what they need day to day, how mm -hmm. they're gonna. And so I had one a couple of years ago, and I burnt out, like properly burnt out, medically diagnosed burnout, completely screwed me up but what came out of that and the beauty of that was I, I had to reset and work out what triggers me mm. so I'm really good at recognizing in myself when I do too much so um you know work super intense at the moment because it's all new and exciting yeah. alongside you know the presidential stuff my work at the moment is like really high pace so basically I clear out everything at the weekend I don't go and make big plans I just try and reset with my family and just kind of breathe and start again. Um, I actually really enjoy the commute. And so many people have said to me, I don't know how you do it. And do you know what? I only have to do it two or three days a week. And I sit and listen to a podcast. Yeah. Um, so on a Sunday, I'll download my podcasts for that week so that I can listen to them on the tube. So I think about who I'm going to, so I'll, I'll, I'll put little notes on everyone's there. So I listened to a podcast in the morning and then, but when I first started, I was doing that on the way home. And by the time I was getting home, my brain felt like yeah, it yeah. exploded. So now I was like, no, do it in the morning. It wakes your brain up. On the way home, you listen to music or yeah. you do, or nothing. Yeah. And that 
is the perfect balance for me. Um, but actually I'm more engaged with home life now because I've finished work. I sit for an hour and a half on the train. I answer all my text messages and my personal emails and that's all done. So by the time I get home, I am fully locked into family time. Yeah, I love that. You're using the the the, the time effectively. Um, it's like a transitioning time. Yeah, yeah. I That's really interesting because I think back to, you mentioned about like burnout that that resonated with me massively I that massively impacted me uh late 2016 I uh was late yeah late 2016 I physically burnt out like I just too much and it was interesting what you're saying because I remember for example going for dinner or going for drinks and I, I wasn't there mm, 100%. I, and and but you did you hadn't experienced it before so you just kind of like I can't let people down you need to go for dinner, you need to go for drinks whatever but looking back now, knowing what I know, it's like you should have said, no, I'm not going for dinner. I need to go look after myself with classic oxygen, oxygen mask on first and whatnot. Yeah. But when you said about the transitioning period, like a state agency, as we both know and everyone listening will know, like it is full on and you're dealing with people day in, day out. And I'm quite, I'm quite an introverted character, um, believe it or not. Some people perhaps wouldn't believe that. And I like my own space. So for me, when I'd finish a day of speaking to people, it, you know my office was only five minutes away so I'd need to get home and it would need to be 30 minutes you know in a dark room <laughs> like on my own whereas yeah I think driving back from from you guys the other day I was listening to I was buzzing you know I'd spent the day with you guys the sun was shining um it was amazing and I was listening to music on the way home and I was loving life and then when I get home it's like right I can just chill out enjoy the weekend go again monday so yeah that resonates with me massively what you said there it's funny you say as well like so everyone has this um opinion that that i'm like the life and soul of a party <laughs> and it's this running joke with my like close friends at property mark that basically we do an exec's day and we all sit together and we all learn and we all crash and then basically the bar opens some people go straight to the bar till dinner and then some people and i literally always without fail have to go back to my room for a nap <laughs> like it, it's, it's like a running joke now that basically like for somebody who is so good at talking to people and super social I get to a point where I'm like yeah you know what my, my social battery is dead I need to go and recharge it and I will literally even if it's just an hour I will go and have a nap and then I will come back and I'm like hey I'm back I love that I'm just writing that down social battery that's so that is so true um social battery yeah love that you've got to recharge it yeah it makes me think of uh, the classic analogy of a computer needs shutting down and, and rebooting i mean i never shut down my computer and then i moan at how slow it is probably because i'm yeah. not shutting it down i have too many tabs open this is yeah. that same thing with, with your brain isn't it if you've got too yeah. many things going on and then you, you're complaining about that um absolutely love that um i'm going to slightly digress because i do a bit of research for these uh podcasts megan and i noticed something on your linkedin about ski snowboard instructor yeah that's where it began talk to us about that so um so when, when I was at college well growing up I wanted to be a journalist so I got a really great spot at university to go and do a journalism degree I was super pumped but I was like quite not quite ready I was a bit on the fence when I was ski holiday I met this really cool guy called Weston who I'm still friends with he's my he was my ski instructor and I came home and I was like oh, I want to do that like that's cool so I was like, you know what? I'm going to defer my place at uni. And I went out to California 
Oh, wow. And became a, and got qualified to be a ski and snowboard instructor, which is actually where I met Dexter's dad, which was even weirder, um, you know, all those years ago. So I did that. And then I came back and was like, you know what? I think I want to do another season. I'm not ready for uni still. And I was going to just give it up. My mum was like, look, I think you should just defer it. So I deferred it. And then obviously I needed a job for like six months. And my mum was an estate agent. So oh, wow. she got me a job typing property details and ordering hip reports. Yeah. Because um, this woman was on long-term sick leave because she was having cancer treatment. So I basically, between ski seasons, got my first taste of estate agency. Went out and did my second season, taught in Canada that year. And then, yeah, came back and I was like, well, I haven't got any skills, really. I don't really want to go to uni. I thought, well, I'll apply to be an administrator for another company. And they offered me a job as a property manager. Wow, there you go. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, one thing I picked up on there, and this is like, this shows like the lack of uh, traveling I've done. You mentioned California. Mm. How how do you become a ski instructor snowboarding in California? There's no snow, right? They've got mountains. Okay. They do. Go. They have actual mountains. So, so where it is is, if you think about where California is, you've got all the sunny parts of California okay. along the sea. But as you go into California, you have somewhere called Lake Tahoe. Have you ever heard of Lake Tahoe? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So basically, Lake Tahoe is the beautifulest place in the world, and it's this big old lake. And surrounding that lake are mountains. And so, when you're stood on the top of the mountain, you look one way and you can see snow. But you look the other side and you can see the Nevada desert. So you're literally skiing. Wow. Looking two completely different, almost like climates. It's the weirdest place. But the, it's something to do with how the lake impacts the snow. It's lake effect snow. Um, it was cool. It was very cool. In fact, they had so much snow there this year that they, people couldn't actually get out of their houses. Well, I'll be damned. There we go. Learn something new every day. Um, yeah. you, you mentioned something earlier about downloading podcasts uh, for your uh, sort of train journeys. And I love that kind of example of like habit stacking. So you're going on a commute. What is the other thing I can do whilst on this commute rather than just perhaps sat there to put new phones? What podcasts are you downloading? It really depends on what I'm kind of where my headspace is, really. So I love listening to my friends on podcasts. So whatever property podcast you've got, my friends are on, I'll listen to it because I always love hearing their stories. So um, Christian just did one. I think it was called the Prop Tech. So to a Prop Tech, that was quite a good one. Um, but my consistent go-tos are, I'm pretty basic here, the High Performance Podcast, obviously, um, and the Diary of a CEO, obviously. Those are kind of my defaults. But then I do like to, as I said, mix it in with podcasts that my friends are on um, and sometimes if I'm like prepping for something like a big interview like or a big podcast sometimes I'll listen back to the ones I've been on just to listen to see how how it came across whether I could have done it better um, so it just really depends on what I'm working on at that point cool. I've just um, downloaded audiobooks as well which is new for me because um, because I, I, I struggle sometimes I love reading but I find at the end of the day my brain's not taking it anymore it's hard so just it? yeah yeah i've just downloaded audiobooks so i've been listening to a um an audiobook at the moment which was which is very intense that assad recommended um i'll have to pull up what it was called it was some old it's really old and basically they wouldn't release it for years because they were worried about how the church would take it but it's fascinating yeah. absolutely fascinating i'm literally scrolling as we talk now okay that's fine um so on uh, what you're saying, the high performance, I'm actually, so I went to High Performance Podcast Live uh, a few weeks ago and it's absolutely brilliant. And I'm going again to Hackney 
uh, Empire tomorrow night uh, to uh, watch them live with Dan Carter, the ex-All Blacks by half, and arguably one of the best rugby players ever. Oh, um, that would be cool. That'd so be yeah, cool. that would be that would be very good. And it's it's interesting again because I the that that high performance podcast I first started listening to that, I think a Rio Ferdinand episode probably just yeah. before lockdown happened. It's really interesting hearing Rio. I'm pretty sure the story Rio Ferdinand said was he didn't get picked for the England Euro 2000 squad off the top of my head. And he was a backup or reserve player for France 98. Now he's gone from being on the cusp of being, you know, part of the World Cup team. And then two two years later at the Euros, he's not made the cut. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Now that could go one of two ways. He could go off and be like, you know, blaming everyone else and go get drunk all summer he literally went and had a pre-season before pre-season started and he came back to West Ham and he just was a machine. And then he got a, a record transfer fee to Leeds and then Leeds paved way to Manu and he achieved some amazing things there. So it was interesting hearing him say, you know, using that failure, mm. obviously failure to then take the next step. Whereas you hear a lot of footballers talk or, or in any, and the state agents will say it as well. If we relate it to a state agency, oh, they didn't go with me because they wanted a cheap fee rather than going, could I have done anything more in that yeah. appointment to, to win it? Well, don't they say, like, isn't it, failure is the springboard to success? Yeah. So that book that I was looking for is called Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. And um, it had such innovative ideas that they were too scared to release it as long as the family were alive. It sounds really like, okay. it sounds very extra, but trust me, it's very good, but it's... It, what I would say is it's very heavy language. So you have to really be, you, your brain has to be engaged. Be very, yeah. Definitely okay. recommend. Cool. Perfect. So we've had some sort of podcast recommendations. We've had um, book recommendation there. Um, in terms of, uh, and I know it's going to be a hard answer because you, you work alongside lots of different people uh, in this industry, but agents tend to come to this podcast for perhaps in, innovation, uh, inspiration on opening the gates to more listings. So is there any uh, any agents uh, you work with outside location, location or prop tech or, or, or influencers, let's say in the industry, we'd recommend agents should be looking at if they don't already? Mm, that's a very good question. I think it depends on what you're looking for. So um, I really love what Christian Byfield does. I think that he has this amazing way of making everyone feel valued um, and he does amazing things for his clients. And what I love about him is he's not flashy about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's very understated. It's very natural. You know, it's great. What him and Anne have done at base and the depository is nothing short of exceptional. So I would definitely say Christian's a good guy to, to, to watch. Yeah. Um, I get so much value. This sounds so awful. I get so much value from my friendship with David Mintz um, because every time anything like new comes across his desk, he's like an excited kid at Christmas and he has to be like, let me show you it. Um, and some of the things that I've integrated into businesses here, previous businesses, and that have almost certainly come from him. Um, so I would definitely say, he, I wouldn't say he's necessarily a social media like constant, yeah. but definitely somebody you should connect with. Um, and in terms of like going down the kind of property mark content, I've got to give it to my friend, Toby Martin. He took video content to a new level and he's, um, he's brilliant. 
um, very, very funny and very interesting to listen to. So it's, uh, it's interesting the the three names you yeah you've given there, and I'd recommend everyone listening to go check those guys out if they if they've not already come across them because, um yeah it it they're going against the grain of typical estate agency aren't they, um so the, I think there's some really good names you you've dropped there and just on the theme of property mark, um mm. we've got to talk about that so talk to us about your your history of property mark and where you're at at the moment and what you're looking to hopefully achieve so I joined property mark when I was 23 when I was a junior neg um and then over the it's really kind of supported the backbone of my career really I've kind of every kind of time I've progressed there's been another qualification that's sort of sat alongside it so I'm super pro the regulation of agents I think that it's a really good thing if we can get that there um I joined the property mark team I think it's about three and a half years ago now um as an exec like a, like almost as a representative for my area and then um, joined the advisory board at uh, the start of this year. And then now, if anyone hasn't seen it on LinkedIn, I don't know what you're doing on LinkedIn because <laughs> so much, it's everywhere. I'm so sorry. It's, it's going to be over in two weeks and then it will all go back to normal. Um, we are currently in the middle of a presidential campaign. Um, so I'm hoping to be the vice president and then it will be the eventual president of Arla, um, which is very exciting. And... and- it was interesting the first thing you said there if you I think you said like 23 when you first um uh sort of joined property mark that's interesting because I'd say that's quite a rare thing and, and being in a minority at a younger age early 20s and 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 doing that so what spurred that on at, at that time I mean the reality is I'm just a massive geek um and that is pretty much how it's been the whole way through and I think for me kind of growing up and even as an adult I was always kind of like if you follow the rules that you'll get the success at the end of that and and I took that even into parenting to the point that I was like right if I follow the rules and then something goes wrong I can't look back and be like well I didn't do it right yeah so you know I tortured myself because I didn't I refused to bottle feed him and I, I made sure that I did everything by the book um and I kind of think it's the same you know the average property mark member is 43 so I was about 20 years young on that um but you know what that's kind of part of the push that I've been doing yeah yeah is almost being like look if we could get people engaged in their qualifications younger then imagine what you could do with them you know if I'm successful I'd be the youngest president ever wow but you know we could always go younger yeah but I I I don't know what to make of the average age of 43 Hmm. Um. Yeah, I I don't know what my answer would have been if you'd said Simon, what do you think the average age is? I honestly don't know what I would have said. But we were having this kind of discussion when we messaging the other day, weren't we, about that kind of I don't know what's the right language. Next generation coming through, let's say, uh, the the next breed of estate agents who can, you know, yeah, progress and and and, and continue to move the industry forward. Um. So. No, brilliant. I think um, I don't know what the light switch was for me, but I started looking at coaching and watching webinars and listening to podcasts and reading books. And I was probably about 25, I would say, Hmm. Um, running a branch, getting some some pretty good results, wanting to get even better results. I was like, where do I go? And I didn't see it within the four walls I was in. So I went externally. But before that, you know, early 20s, it was 
right, you're going to work hard to earn commission and, and do a good job for clients. But when you're not working, right, let's go drink and have a good time, et cetera, et cetera. But and then, yeah, that light bulb just happened where it's like, actually, there's a bit more to it. I want to progress even further. And I, uh, yeah, I perhaps wish it had been a couple of years even earlier. You got to, you obviously yeah. got to live your life. But I, yeah, I look back now and I'm like, I wish I'd been learning a few other bits a bit sooner. But I think it really depends. So like, I, in my 20s, I didn't do that. I, I did. I just did the knuckle down thing. And like, I'm re- like, I'm reaping the rewards now of that sacrifice I made in my 20s. But in many ways, I'm sort of almost doing the fun stuff now, but with a, with, with a better income. Yeah, 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 I love that. So um, just on uh, Property Market, well, there's a conference coming up at the end of this month, right? Yeah, it's the Property Mark 1. It's the first time we've done a conference with all the disciplines. So you've got sales, lettings, auctions, and commercial in there. Um, so there is literally going to be a piece for everyone. Um, it's at Wembley, which is pretty mega. Um, so it's it's a monster conference. It's the biggest one I think I've ever been to. Um, it's very exciting. Nice. And how what, if, if, if there's anyone listening to this who wants to, to go... How- how how do they find out about it or how do they get tickets or just head onto the property mark website and click under events and you can just buy tickets from there i think they've just released their final batch of tickets though so i think you're gonna have to be quick okay as simple as that there you go simple as that no excuse cool um one last thing i wanted to uh discuss with you uh was agents together yes tell me so menti mentor both Mentee, mentor, and I do their content for them. So okay. I am, I think we sometimes call me a content creator for them. And sometimes we call me an ambassador. It will depend on the day. Uh, massive fan of Agents Together. Um, I have currently got three mentees. Oh, wow. um, and my job here, my mentor previously was Vicky Babiris. And that's how this whole thing kind of began. She is now not my mentor because I said to her, you can't be both. Yeah, so yeah. so um, I've got Sam Jones from Money Penny now. Nice. Um, got some really lovely mentees. Um, but yeah, we do a lot of work. So I do a lot of work with agents together. Um, helped run their stand at EA Masters as well, which was pretty cool. But no, I love it. And and how how long have you been a part of that now? Um, I'm trying to think, is it two years or three years? It must be two years because they've just had their third birthday. So I think I came in. So for about six months, I was like, I don't know whether I should have put my name forward because I didn't think I was good enough to be a mentor. So that's so, okay. So that's interesting you say that because I think that there's perhaps going to be agents listening to this who are on the fence or something like this. I did, they might go, am I, yeah, am I good enough? What can I offer? But then also maybe they might go, oh, hang on a minute. I don't want to be perceived as vulnerable if I'm I don't know a neg a mandra business owner by putting myself forward so yeah what what else sort of went through your mind when you saw agents go and was thinking about it so I was thinking it needed to be someone who was like super fancy to be a mentor what you have to remember <laughs> is, is everybody has experiences that add value and so when you become a mentor you fill in a form and you talk about your strengths and they basically align you with a mentee who needs help with those areas so they're not suddenly going to ask me to go and talk to somebody about quantum physics. It's not going to happen. <laughs> like, you know, but what they will do is they'll go, okay, I've got somebody who wants. So, okay, so I've had somebody that wanted help 
building their confidence, somebody that wanted help with their social media, somebody that just wanted general business advice, somebody wanted help with their lettings team. And like, they basically play to your strengths. So there's, there's somebody for everybody. And as somebody that was a mentee as well, what Vicky managed to do for me personally was amazing. And, you know, obviously that's a credit to Vicky. She's a great mentor, but actually I, I really do think that that being vulnerable isn't a negative sometimes. Yeah. And remember these people, this, this is a completely confidential space that you're talking yeah. to them. Unless you say something that's going to trigger safeguarding, it's completely, yeah. you know, secure and safe. And ultimately, you know, it's not a bad thing to, to, to allow that because once you get through that vulnerability, it helps you grow. And that's why you've applied because you want someone to support you through your growth. But, and sometimes you get people and you think, you know what? I'm not vibing with that person. I don't really think we're going to fit. And that's fine too. And they'll restart that process for you and it happens. So there is really, I really can't recommend it um, you know, enough. Well, it's just incredible, that, whether it's agents together or just this industry generally, I've said it a lot on this podcast. Like I'm really, really proud to be part of this industry that we both know and, and everyone listening will know you know, you go to a dinner party or something and it's like, oh, you're an estate agent and then cue the jokes or whatever. But, you know, we, I think we have an amazing industry and it's incredible to see, particularly over the past few years, how we've all come together during a very difficult time during COVID. Like you look at, you know, when uh, agents could technically go out and do stuff and they're going and delivering shopping or checking on the elderly and vulnerable. And I think there's genuine human beings there wanting to help and a byproduct just so happened that it helped their business, but that wasn't why they were doing it. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think there's uh, there's no excuse these days. There's so much free of, you know, help content available out there um, for, for you to, to want to grow, whether you are, you know, six months in the industry or you've been doing it a dozen years, whether you're a neg, whether you're an owner, there's just so many options out there, right? there's literally something for everybody and there's a podcast for everybody and there's a mentor for everybody. And, and when you sign up for something like agents together, we probably should have said they make sure that you're not competitors as well. So, you know, <laughs> they're not suddenly going to put me with somebody who's three doors down, you know, they're, they're going to be careful about how they match you too. Um, but yeah, totally. Do you know what, something that I've seen happen in my, cause, cause as I said, I didn't kind of raise my head above the parapet until really two years ago yeah. but what I have learned is that there is so much of a community if you're willing to do that that yeah. you can get support from and like sometimes I ring up Christian and I'll say hey I'm having this issue with stuff at work what do you think what would you do and like that is something that I don't think would have happened a couple of years ago do you think as well on what you said about raising your head above the parapet like there must be so many other people in this industry like that who are perhaps a bit nervous to to, to, to speak out or, or do something a little bit different and we've probably got an untapped resource of absolute gold there as well. they were like where have you been you've just come out of nowhere I was like I was always here I just didn't haven't found my voice that's it yeah I'm sure there's loads of people who haven't haven't found their, their voice yet I mean that that resonates with me a lot you know Sam Sam Hunter and Home Search allowed me the room to to grow um and and do things like this like sam said to me it's quite funny actually sam said to me for ages i should do a podcast and then i think when i release a podcast i think i had people messaging me and this is you know this time like last year um so summer of 22 and people going oh are you 
like what are you doing are you, like are you trying to be like rivaling sam are you going to leave home search stuff and it's like no no sam's the one who said yeah that you go to a podcast you've got some value to add um so again um aligning yourself with people who've got you know shared values goals um you know wanting to grow and and, and that's what worked well for me and, and you've had the same with with Vicky in location location yeah. but you I think both of us have you know uh it's so cringy but increased our surface area of luck by putting ourselves in those positions you going to agents together me you know signing up to a coach who then introduced me to Sam you know you're not going to get those opportunities unless you put yourself in those positions it's a bit like you can't win the lottery if you're not going to buy a ticket yeah I need to buy a lottery ticket I haven't bought one for years yeah, but like that's the thing though, isn't it? Like I can't moan that I can't I haven't won the lottery because I haven't bought a ticket. But actually it's, it's the same principle with your career. You know, if you if you're not willing to put yourself out there and give it a go, then don't expect to make any sort of magical moves. You know, you can post TikToks, safe TikToks and not put them out there, that's fine, but then you're never gonna grow. So you've got to find, and it's not just things like that, you know, there's loads of ways you can do that, but just expand your horizons like what's the worst that's going to happen is you meet some really nice people yeah absolutely love that right you've given lots of fantastic uh advice um on this podcast and the final question i want to ask you is in your agency career what, what would you say is the best piece of advice you've been given um I got some advice when I was a lettings manager and someone said to me, don't hold everybody to the same standards that you hold yourself. And whilst I don't a hundred percent agree with it, it always makes me think that every time I get frustrated with somebody that they're not maybe doing something in a way that I would want to do it. I think, yeah, but you've got to stop comparing them to yourself just because, because I have such a high bar for myself that's unfair to put everybody at that same bar. So I think that's probably a piece of advice that that has lived with me my whole, pretty much my whole career is don't hold everyone to that same standard. Yeah, I I, I really agree with that. Um, yeah, that resonated with me thinking of uh, of of situations I've been in. So I absolutely love that. So uh, on on that, uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you very much uh, for the amazing value you've given uh, to everyone listening. Please do like, share, comment, subscribe, review. Please reach out to Megan, myself, uh, with lovely feedback. And if it's not so lovely, don't reach out to us. We don't want to hear it. Um, but Megan, once again, thank you very much for being an amazing guest. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me.